new tunes. Thank you for tuning in and welcome to part two of an interview with Terry Payne. Nobody has played more games for Saints with more than 800 appearances. Let me just do the maths. That's pretty much the equivalent of David Beckham and Michael Owen's club career combined. And this, when players could tackle. Out for the count. Bremner getting involved again, and Hutchinson too, and Bremner getting involved once more. As Terry says, there were some tough players back then. When you left out Chopper Harris, you know, I can remember him. I mean, he collided with Ron Davis and injured his knee, and no substitutes. Wrapped his knee up, but he played outside left for them then. He, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't play in defence. But on one leg, he was running up and down that line trying to kick lumps out of me. <laughs> you know, I mean, that was, that was how it was. But what has Chopper Harris got to say? Every side had a similar type of player to what I was that won the ball in the tackle, put some stick about, most probably put the field across up 90% of the forwards. You played so many games, very few injuries. How did you look after yourself? On the pitch. Well, I mean, obviously, you've got, you've got to say luck plays a great part as well, uh, and which is right. In fact, the only games I was missing in those days was for international duty because it used to play on a Saturday until they changed it. So, I mean, you can count on your hands the number of games I actually miss through injury. Um, but no, I mean, I think it was a case of great awareness, um, you know. When you talk about having eyes in the back of your head, it's it's uh, it's, it's something. It's a knack that you you get. I think positioning on the field is very important as well. Um, being a wide player, you know, getting your back to the line so they can only basically tackle you from one 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 area really, and and just being cute. I think you know. I think that's another. You know, I think it all comes. You know, bit of gamesmanship. I think it all rolled up into one. Got got me. You know, got me past a lot of difficult moments, really, and and some really hard men, who were obviously eight eight to eight to make sure that you never got past them. You know, all the teams they were, they always had somebody who could sort you out. I mean, I suppose in those days, particularly, and correct me if I'm wrong, but if you did get whacked, you don't you don't want to because there's no substitutes. You don't want to show you hurt too much, right? So, well, I mean that, that was that was always in the early days. You know, don't don't let them know that they've hurt you. That was that was the, the the trainer and the senior players telling you. You know, don't 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 let them know that he's hurt you. But you know, some of the the whacks you took, and the other I think the other <laughs> big factor of it was that particularly in the winter months when it's freezing cold, if you saw Jimmy Gallagher running towards you with a bucket of cold water and a sponge, you soon got up and got on with it. I mean, you strike me as the player you were, you know, quite cute, had a bit of pace. You didn't get caught, or did you? Did, was there any particular times you got given a pass and you're, you're stuck and you got walloped by somebody? Well, I, I, yeah, I, I, what we call what we call a fifty-fifty pass. I mean, but you, I think what people should remember, I mean, as being a, a, a as I was in those days, a winger. 
weighing about ten stone, ten stone six, you know, I, I don't, I don't, ex- I wouldn't expect even this day and age for my winger to get involved with 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 players that are trying to kick you. You know, I think you yeah. you you're wary. You 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 don't go into it. You don't put your foot in where you shouldn't put your foot in if you know you're going to get it broken off. I think that a lot of common sense is in that as well. You know, it's all right for them saying, oh, he doesn't fancy it. Look, he chickened out there. But at the end of the day, you know, quite often it's the right decision to, to do. We we all can't be the Cliff Uxfords and the Biddy Bremers or the Norman Hunters, you know. There, there's different aspects of the of, of the team makeup that um, that have uh, got to be allowed to, to go and do their stuff without right consorting to the to the other, the other stuff and um, but it's when you put it all together that you, you become a team and don't think you got an easy ride from your own players in training a training game would be you know people like Cliff, Cliff Huxford aren't going to isn't going to um, settle down on Christmas tackles. day Christmas day on the car park six aside snow on the ground I pushed the ball Christmas day I pushed the ball through Cliff's legs and he punched me on the jaw Except that you wouldn't do that again. Happy Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and he that's where he was. Great commitment. I mean, I mean, gave everything for the club. You heard a lot of stories about I, I, said, I, think, I don't know if you saw my bit about Cliff when he died recently. Yes. I said there'll never be another player of his ilk again at, at, uh, at St Mary's or at Southampton Football Club. Because of his commitment? Because of his commitment, his willpower, his drive. You were brave nutmegging him, I must say. Yeah, I was. You're absolutely right. I didn't do it again, I can tell you. <laughs> in, by the 60s, you're, you're playing for England. But you're playing with in the second division. Is that, there's that footage of you scoring for England against the, rest of the world team. And they've got, they've got some of the all-time greats, you know, Pushkas, De Stefano, and, and yep. that's the same, I was looking at the records, the same season, you're playing the Saints against, no disrespect to Berry and Scunthorpe and Grimsby, but you're playing against them, <laughs> but then you're playing, and it just, it just seems inconceivable. I mean, everyone, obviously, you've got the, the TV we have now, but some like the Stefano, people say, one of the greatest ever put, it must have been amazing playing pitch. Yeah. Well, again, it was, it was, it's a situation, again, that probably, Players don't realise that, you know, I was a second division player and played all my games for England while a second division player. Because uh, we only got promotion in 66. Yes. And that was the, that was when Alf, you know, the World Cup, that was my swan song. I never played after that for England. at Wembley of the 100th anniversary of the Football Association. The centenary is marked by the match of the century, England versus the rest of the world. The great Stefano left and Jimmy Armfield lead their men onto the field. Never before, perhaps, has such an array of talent been assembled for one match. A hundred thousand see the captains, Jimmy Armfield and Stefano, exchange banners before the toss. On the right, Terry Payne's on the move. At last it comes from the foot of that great opportunist, Terry Payne. Uh, as you quite rightly say, of our era, the best players in the world. The only one who was missing was Pelé, I think, was yeah. injured at that time. But the rest, I mean, Carl Snellinger, I played against, was the West German captain. 
He had the, the man in black, Yashin, the Yashin, Russian the goalkeeper, one of the great goalkeepers. The from Real Madrid. Well, you had Hento, Puskas, yeah. and Di Stefano. Yeah, that must have been amazing, yeah. That was brilliant. Of... I mean, and then to beat the man to score, and at Wembley, you know, it was, and that was my first goal. Did you ever have any doubts when you're playing for England? What, the Saints? Never. Where did that confidence come from, Terry? Well, I, I believe it came from the fact that we were able to develop, you know, and weren't rushed along and decisions weren't made like they are today. I mean, there are players today that have been let go and come good later on in, in, in the modern game. You know, yeah. there are players. I mean, people like Pogba company, you know, they leave Man United for six million and then buying them back for 96 million. You know, there are purely and simply because they haven't made it, you have to make decisions. You know, it's, and they have to make decisions quickly, managers today, or that's how it appears, anyhow. And maybe they just don't give, aren't given the time for players to develop. And the fact is that the big clubs now can just go and buy an international. And that's a, a big difference. Whereas in our day, they didn't have the money to go and, and, and spend on, on top players. So to develop it our own was, was very much a strategy, a strategy that's been, kept on to this day, really. And you're thinking yourself, Terry, because you're known for your ability, obviously a different era, different football, heavier in the wet. Just watching you and some of the footage, you, you don't seem to have any sort of backlift. You just sort of clip it in. What, what, what you know, crossing for was one of the most difficult things to do, to do it consistently. That down to just hours and hours of practice, ability? Or yeah, well, very much. I mean, one of the areas that... Uh, that I used to strike the ball both left and right, because remember I started on the left wing, not the right wing for Southampton, <clears throat> was that in the old Dow we had a shooting box. And I used to, I used to get into that shooting box and, uh, and hit the ball left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot, for, well, almost at the time they come up and say, hey, come on, it's time you came in. You, you know, more or less you've been eight too long, kind of thing, you know? So that's where I basically came to learn how to strike the the ball with both feet, but how you get the other, the perception of how to cross the ball, I, I think it's just a gift that you've got, you know, the, the, the vision to where to place the ball, how to place it, you know, when to give it. Um, I think all that all comes with the, the time that was given us to develop and, um, and to become almost second nature. Look, some people do it, some people can't, you know. I mean, I can't head a ball. Ron Davis was brilliant at heading the ball. You know, um, I happen to be a very good crosser of the ball and very accurate. So that was my strength. Which I didn't know. This this you being a backup goalkeeper in the days before substitutes. Oh, no, I it was, yeah. yeah. Well, you told us about the Portsmouth thing, you know, with Ron, Ron Reynolds. Yeah. You know, we're playing Portsmouth. Obviously, it doesn't get any bigger derbies, you know, you know, at Portsmouth and Salamps, you know what it's like. You know the story about Roy Lullis and me? You used to have a bit of a... a, a big left back, there, six foot twelve, legs that could reach from here to the halfway line. It was, uh, you know, we had some right battles. And, um, yeah, and then Ron, as I said, he, he tried to get a high ball and hit the post and it broke a blood vessel and they took him off. I went in goal then. And I don't think I conceded. I think uh, no, you didn't. No, no. And then, how, how, then I went in goal. Get, you know, sorry, I just wondered what Terry. What are you? Five seven five eight. I just wondered how. how five how seven. Come, yeah. 
How? how well, I think, it's, I think it was more agility than, than actual command in the area. Because you, you know, played um, in cricket, right? Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Absolutely right. So I had quite good agility and, um, and you know, very rarely happened. It just happened that it happened twice to me. But in the meantime, you know, I, I was in the England squad and again, no substitute. So you had to have a substitute goalkeeper. And it never happened, but I was, um, but I was the substitute goalkeeper, providing I was on the field, of course. So, so, you know. so there'd be no use asking, um, Bobby Moore or Bobby Charlton or, or Jimmy Greaves were any good in between the sticks. You were much better than them, were you? Well, I'm not sure I'm better than Jim. Jim fancied himself as a goalkeeper, big time. But you weren't going to take Jimmy Greaves off, were you? You know, put him no, in goal. Right. But he fan- he fan- <laughs> you needed him up front. He fancied himself <laughs> in goal, did he, Terry? Yeah. <laughs> And, and, and going, to, we can't not mention, I mean, back, back in your day, Saints Pompey in the old second division, what was it like back then? I mean, it must have been lively. Tremendous games, and obviously, you know, it was a safe coast derby, free derby, as far as we're concerned, and um, obviously the reputation. I remember, I remember Portsmouth, of course, you know, being, or had been in the first division, of course, I think yeah. he won it and won. You know, so they, they were the, sort of the team, if you like. And it, it, it appeared as, as they started to fall away, we started to climb. So, although we did play each other, I think if you have a look at the records, there wasn't that many games that I was involved in over the 18 years. Someone like you, you mentioned, you know, your confidence. Playing somewhere like Fratton Park, where maybe you might get a bit of stick, you'd, you'd relish that. No, that was all part and parcel of it. I mean... You know, they always used to say, if you're getting stick away from home, you must be doing a good job. <laughs> and isn't it right you, you told me before you, you got the anonymous phone call at home? Yeah, yeah, I got one that. on a Friday saying about Roy Lannis. So Roy Lannis is going to get you tomorrow, and I just said, yes, I know, and put it down. <laughs> <laughs> you can't imagine that today, can you, someone getting a call? No, absolutely not. 66 must have been a, a great year. First division for the first time ever. Must have been a massive deal for the city and the club. Well, of course. I mean, and again, a little, little, a little by the by. I mean, we we played late in Orient, and uh, I scored the goal there, believe it or not, with a header, which actually gave us promotion, providing we didn't lose to Manchester City in the last game of the season, which we never we drew nil nil. So we we got promoted. But I scored the header. How does it feel to do something like this? Well, you say the man of the match. I think it was a great team effort, you know. Um, I scored the goal, but there's, you know, plenty of others who scored them during the season. They all came. That got us into the first division. And the team we played the first game ever up the Dow, and the first time they'll ever been in the first division, we must remember that as well, is um, we played Manchester City. And I scored the goal. So I was, so I made history by being the player to score the last goal in the second division and the first ever goal in the first division. There's a football fella, you all know his name, and the papers tell us he's in the Hall of Fame. Wherever he goes, he'll be all the rage, cos he's a new sensation of the age.
wasn't a great feeling playing in a World Cup in your home yeah, country. it was. That was the ultimate. I mean, obviously we were a great squad. Alpha got it together. Um, the success we had, I think, was down to the fact that we were pretty well much like a club side. Everybody was putting for each other. Alpha got that, you know, that, that kind of um, club spirit amongst us. And to be honest, we didn't care who played it, you know, as long as we were successful. So, and then we had a meeting, and it was, I'm not sure, it was, I think it was 22 of us, um, and we were, we were given 20, you know, before the, before the tournament, we, we were told that if we won the cup, we would, we would earn 22,000 pounds between the 22. Oh, I thought you were say each for me, I thought that was a lot of money in those days. So but what happened was we had a meeting, we all agreed, no matter who played, if nobody played or everybody played, we'd all take the thousand. We'd all that was the so that was the camaraderie that that, that, that existed. Nobody was gonna get more than anybody else, put it that way. And that was you know, that was I mean that was just say we were. It was tremendous. And then, you know, to be called up for the second game after we'd been drawn against Uruguay we drew nil-nil, and it was a little bit disappointing, obviously, um, that um, I was called in for the Mexico game, which uh, we duly won 2 nil. Yeah. I was concussed in that game. I was concussed in that game, but there was no substitutes, remember. Of course. So yeah. I played the whole of that game, or three-quarters of that game, without knowing that I played, and I couldn't remember. And I only woke up. After I played it, I only woke up, when I say woke up, I only come to my senses when I was sat on the, the, uh, the table in the dressing room at Wembley, you know, the treatment table. Then it all clicked. I was, oh, I was back. So I played and can't remember a thing about playing. And, well, that's, that's as I didn't realise, you know, it, it one too nil. Was it a, a I, see, I got he- headed in the back of the head with one of the Mexican fullbacks. He missed the ball and headed me. So, and me mm-hmm. never being bloody injured. I picked up, uh, I picked up that nut with just temporarily, sort of a slight concussion, I suppose. That would be the way to put it. But you've got but the you've point got no is, you've got no memory of the game. Yeah, the point was though, we won two 0 and I never thought of anything about it. But Ray Wilson, I think, was talking to David Bourne. He said, uh, "Wonder what would have happened if Terry Payne had been fit? Because once, I mean, Alf was that. Once you were injured, you were not. You were that was it. Never thought about you again." You know, and obviously concussion. So, I mean, I think he had a plan to play me, then bring Alan Ball back in for the rest. That's how I, I read the situation. But David Ball reckons that um, he may have had a quandary winning 2 0, whether he played me again. I mean, how, how was uh, Alf Ramsey uh, as a manager? I mean, would, you said you had the concussion. Did he, did he come to you and say, Terry, you're. you're you're not playing in the next game? Was it, did he just... No, 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 he just, he, no, no, he just, I mean, you just took it, you, I, I mean, I resumed training straight away, I didn't, I did not stop from training, you know, um, but, um, uh, it was just a case that, with Alf, he, he told you what the team was, and that was it, you were either in or you were out, there was no, as simple as that. no coming up to you, no, no, no coming up to you and say, you know, I'm sorry, or anything like that, I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't that kind of guy. He, he, very dry sense of humour. What, what if you back then, because you, you know, a, a young guy, what if you did go up and say, well, what's going on? What if someone went up to him? Would that be instant expulsion? How, 
Well, I wouldn't say expulsion, but you know, he he was he 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 was set in his ways, and and nothing would deter him. That was it. He you know he made a decision, and uh, and he stood by that decision, whether you liked it or you didn't like it. And if you went to him, you know, you never went to him as an individual; you went to him as a collective. And you know, there was there was something uh, we went and asked him. Well, we got Bobby Charlton to. We said to Bobby, "You go and ask him. He won't drop you." So it was something we asked him, and he said, um, "I forget what it was now." But he asked it. Bobby said, "Look, can the, the players want to know if they? You know, you've said this, but players want to know if they can do this." And he went, "I'll give it some thought." No, that was it. <laughs> so that's how he was, you know. Pain. Shannon. First time wanted. Middleton was enough for more to get a dig in, but it's fake. It's over. Uh, by what was it, seventy three, seventy four? Ted Bates was sort of moved upstairs. That must have been a a huge thing for you, him having been there right throughout your career. I mean, how difficult was it for the, a new manager coming in? He was pr- only a, a, what a few years older than yourself. Was that difficult? Yeah, but it, but it was it was it was difficult in in, in the sense that. Um, you know, obviously, when you've been with one manager and you get used to those ideas and know what he wants, and he he, he knows what he, and you know what he wants from you as well. And obviously, when a new manager comes in, a new face, you know, invariably they want to sweep the ball clean as well. They want to make an impression, and it was pretty obvious from the start that that I wasn't going to be, I wasn't going to have the same kind of influence that I had, if you like. Uh, under Ted, in, particularly in the latter years, and change was in the air, as simple as that. And I think the biggest blow was when we did get re- relegated, that um, I was told that, uh, you know, I, I was you know, going to get a, a free transfer. I, I wanted another year because it was my testimonial year, and I yeah. couldn't get that, you know, and I was allowed to go. So how then when you look back, you know, you understand, eventually you understand those things at the time. It's a lot more difficult to accept. At, at the time, Terry, I mean, it must have, when you're hearing the words, obviously you, you, you try and react your best, it must have hit you like hit you pretty hard. Because all football, is, it comes to everyone in the end. You have to you have yes, to it does. on. But it must yeah, have been... It does, I mean, and, and then by then, obviously I've become aware of, of um, you know, players' movements. It wasn't, and it wasn't new to me anymore. You expected that. Some come, some go, some stay. Um, and they all move on, you know, and, and obviously it comes to a stage where even, even at my age, it, it was, it was obviously coming to a, a state of when I'd retire or when I would finish at the club. It just came just, possibly if we hadn't got relegated, I probably would have, could well have stayed on for another year, you know, and, and had a proper testimonial. What you would know, you have been, Terry? Would, would you, would you have been sort of 34, 35? I can't remember. I think I must have been 35, I think. I think. 34, okay. 35, most certainly. And but I left, felt in, I left in the 74, the end of 74, didn't I, season? Yeah, that's right. But you felt confident. Um, you, you felt confident. You, you had you had it in you to have another season. You felt you could do it. You felt in good shape. Oh, yeah. I, 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 you know, and obviously you have been down the division. Um, I think it proved it, really. I went on to Hereford and... Uh, the player manager and what well, as I said before, one of the smallest teams you could have gone to, uh, we got promotion. 
That must have so, been weird going back to that must have been weird going back to the Dell in a Hereford shirt. Shocking. Didn't enjoy it one little bit. Never enjoyed it going out playing against you know, I, I shouldn't have played in all fairness. I think afterwards reflecting on it. I probably shouldn't have played, you know. Um why, why not, Terry? Um, because of the emotion? Well, it just felt that it just felt strange not being in a red and white shirt running out onto the Dow. I mean, as simple as that, really. I mean, uh, I think um, uh, when you look back on it, probably I shouldn't have played, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm, I'm paid to play, and obviously I played the best that I could, but, but it wasn't a happy feeling, put it that way. Um, we lost, I think we lost 2-1, although we did get our revenge and we did beat Southampton at, uh, Edgar Street, I think by the same score. So from, from that point of view, you know, result-wise, it was even Stevens, but I, I never, I never felt completely happy. Did it, I mean, I guess you wouldn't have known you were going to feel that way until you got to the Dell, got up, put your boots on, it must have been very weird. Yeah, I mean, it was that, and there was stuff coming into the dressing room from supporters. There was a cake brought in, and, you know, it was that kind of thing, and cards, and best wishes, and so that that made it even more difficult. I, I think it surprised the Hereford team as well, the players, you know. Christ, you know, look, look at all this, and uh, so I think that, that, that surprised them, and, you know, and it, it may have been a bit of a distraction as well. I was in the Southampton bubble for 18 years. You know, everything was, everything was done for me in terms of phone up, it was a doctor, blah, whatever it was. You know, don't worry, leave, we'll sort it out. So you do get in that bubble and, and, uh, and it is a lot harder. You know, when I look at some of the players at Man United, the Ryan Giggs and the Skulls and people like that, you know, they, they were in that Man United bubble. Everything was done for them. I think it was Gary Neville said he couldn't knock a, a now into a, a piece of wood. Because they said, no, leave it, we'll come round and do it. You know, it was, so, uh, people don't realise you, you do get in that bubble and, and if you stay, and obviously if you stay for a longer period of time, it, uh, it affects you when you have to step outside that bubble. How long do you think it took you to get used to being out of the whole bubble of football? Just to, just to not being a player? Well again, every, everywhere I've sort of, you know, the next step if you like, is invariably been involved in football anyhow. You know, it's, um, I, you know, moved from Hereford, then I went abroad to do some coaching. When I came back, I took over for the spell at Cheltenham and played there and, 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 um, managed there for a short while while they were really looking for another manager. I had, as you know, I had the pub in Cheltenham, so it was convenient. Yeah. Um, and then, then the next thing I know is the, the South African thing coming out here and being invited back to the coaching. And then the next step was, you know, not out of the blue, but the TV thing I'd done ever so well with that first World Cup in South Africa. So that snowboard and prints from the TV were, and not only that, we, we had one of the most successful shows ever. It was called Super Saturday, which was a bit of a satire show uh, that we had here, which was enormously uh, popular. Enormous, so, you know, I became a bit of a TV star, you know, just through that show as well as the football. So really, you know, I was ingrained in the TV world, but mainly, of course, the football, the fact that we were being able to get all these games live and see everything. Um, there's nothing, I couldn't tell you about a player for any, from any side at the moment in the Premiership. You know, I know everyone, 
I know their habits, you know, and I just know everything about them, as simple as that. Have done for 27 years. So it's been, it's been a life of football. And, uh, yeah, it has. I think, well, I think players today struggle when they, despite the vast amounts of money there, and they still, a lot of them struggle badly when they retired. I can't do the thing I love anymore. How is it, how is it for you, Terry, when you know you can't play anymore? Was that easy to accept? Because you're still a young well, man. Well, I, I, you no, I don't think, you know, I always tell people never to retire. <laughs> you know, going, I mean, play-wise, I've been on there, it's got to come to you sooner or later. But no, it's not the best of feet. I think, I think the fact was that I became a player coach at Hereford was the first step really to go, if you like, the other side of the fence in terms of the management side. I think that was a, that was a, you know, it's one of the worst jobs in the world, I can tell you, a player manager, a player coach. You know, you've, you're, you're taking the players for training week in and week out and on the Saturday you've got to perform as a player yourself. You are going to have a bad game, you know, as well as anybody else. And, and obviously to try and, and then try to go in on a Monday or whatever it was to, to train again and talk, go through the game. And not an easy position to be a player coach, I can assure you. Um, no, it's a good job I had John Sinnott by the side, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and obviously, you know, since you've, you've, you've had a very successful career in, in TV, as, you, as you've mentioned, but I'm just wondering, I'm fascinated what it must be like to be, here you are, you know, it's, it's what, it's, uh, it's years after you retired, but st- you're still very much recognised as a professional footballer and will be forever. That must be weird that people always want to talk to you about the old days. I mean, is that a nice yeah, thing? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, but I think also, you know what supporters are like, you know, they're lifelong, aren't they? You know, they've probably been taken to their dads. Yeah. And they, they remember. So although they might be, you know, they might be 50 or 60, you know, they, they still, they've still seen you play. Um, I mean, take that website you introduced me to. Yeah. People What's remember. What's it called? The Saints? Huh? Saints Archives, yeah. Saints Archives. Have you yeah. seen it? Yeah, it's great. You've seen all the people on there? Yeah. You know, I mean... People, you came to my primary school, you gave me my medal, you did this, you did that, you know, and, and it's amazing. But people, because they've been lifelong, uh, they, they do remember. And they, obviously, like everyone else, remember the good days as well as the bad days. But it's, uh, but it's always nice to be recognised, and, you know, I was taken aback by some of the comments on that, that archive, you know, that uh, people still remember. Well, that's interesting you say that, because I suppose... Maybe fans think, oh, footballers wouldn't care about about that, but they maybe forget that footballers are just people as well. As well, they they yeah, absolutely. They want... I mean, and I think you've got to remember, in our day, we were like a lot closer to the supporters. A lot think, closer. Uh, I mean, we, you know, I mean, we'd mingle with them, we'd walk with them down the road, you know, we'd chat with them. Um, away from home, if I could get spare tickets off the. As captain, off the players, if they didn't want theirs, I'd take them, take them out to the supporters and give them to the, you know. So there was that camaraderie that we had with them.
Saints go marching in. Now when the Saints.